good morning. We have uh, Pastor Corey to thank for making us all cry this morning. <laughs> First thing. Oh. Although he did say he was the one that had to sort through all the videos and find one. So I guess we'll give him a little slack there. But um, well, good morning. I'm Hannah Johnson. I'm Pastor Brantley's wife. And I am very excited to be here this morning and getting to share for the second time today. So hopefully this one goes as well <laughs> as the first one did. Um, but first of all, happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are here. I hope that you feel loved and celebrated and appreciated today um, because we love you. And, you know, while challenging at times, I think that we have the uh, best job in the world. And so if you are not a mom or your kids are raised and out of the house, or if you are a guy here, don't check out just yet. So hang in there with me, because I really believe that what I have to share today is something that is applicable to anyone and everyone, no matter what season of life that you are in, because we're going to be talking about name calling today. And my favorite name that I get to go by is mom or mommy, or as one of my kids says, mama. And, you know, whenever I um, was little, you know, I would dream about growing up and getting married and having kids and getting to, to have that name and answer to that name of mom. And so you find out that you're pregnant, you know, you have this baby and, and it changes you because it's this new identity that you get to take on. It's this new name that you then get to answer to. And then your baby, you know, they start making syllables and they say, mama mama and you get so excited and you know you got to call grandma and um you know to and you got to post it on facebook to make it official and you know blow up everyone's instagram feed you know with the fact that your kid just said your name and they said mama because it's exciting and it does something to you but then your kid turns two <laughs> and you never stop hearing your name and you hear mommy mommy mama mom mommy 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 what oh dear sweet loving child of mine can i do for you <laughs> right and you and you're like why did i ever love that they said my name you know they won't stop now and and so one time brantley and the kids and i were all driving and um, in true fashion, the kids begin just unloading all of their questions. Now, mind you, I homeschool my kids, so I am with them all day long, and they have opportunity to ask me questions all day long. But do they? No! They wait till we're in the car when I want to turn on the music and sing along with Bethel. Like, what is so difficult about this? But they decide, well, I've got nothing else to do, and so this is the perfect time to ask mommy all the questions and tell her all the facts, and you know, and so it begins. And so, mommy, do I have baseball tonight? Mommy, can I have a snack? Mommy, how much longer is it gonna be till we get there? Mommy, can I call Maverick? Mommy, can Jalea come over? Mommy this, mommy, 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 mommy. And like, they don't miss a beat. I mean, it's like perfectly choreographed, these three kids of, okay, like you're gonna end and then I'm gonna say mommy and then, then you end and then I'm gonna say mommy. You know I mean? They just, they don't miss a beat. It's pretty impressive. And uh, so then you've got Brantley who's in the, in the driver's seat and he's driving. But then all of a sudden you start feel the car shaking and he's like twitching, you know, about to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown because <laughs> these kids won't stop saying my name. So he's like, oh my gosh, you guys have said mommy's name 8,000 times. No one is allowed to say mommy's name again until we get home. Silence. For about 2.7 seconds, when Malachi, who's three or four at the time, and really one of the funniest kids I've ever met, you know, anybody that watches him for the first time, whenever I go to pick up my kids, I hear three things. One, your kids were good. Two, I've never heard Malachi speak. Three, he's hilarious. <laughs> and that's just how it is. And I'm like, yep, I'm like, you know, go to pick him up. I'm like, here we go. Uh, but he's funny. And so he goes, 
Hannah, do you think that I could blow blah, blah, and he proceeds to ask the rest of his question, and uh, smart, smart kid, that one, we'll have to watch out for him, you know, but of course, Brantley and I had a good laugh about that, because, you know, technically, he didn't disobey, I mean, he didn't say mommy, and in his mind, he's thinking, well, everyone else calls you Hannah, and you answer, so let me see how this will work out for me, and it worked out well in his favor, <laughs> you know, but I also go by the name of Hannah, it's the name that, um, that I was given when I was born, and there's a lot of significance to my name. Um, I'm the youngest of five, and five is the number of grace. You know, spiritually or biblically speaking, numbers have meanings, and so you've got six, the number of man, and seven, perfection, eight, new beginnings, and so on. So five is the number of grace. And Hannah means grace or full of grace. And it's, it's likely that, that God gave my parents some prophetic insight into the type of person that I would be. I tend to be pretty grace-filled and merciful, sometimes to a fault, working on that balance of truth and grace there. Um, but it was just instilled in me from a very young age of what grace meant, of God's grace, of his grace that he gives us, and that we are to extend grace to other people. And so even though my name wasn't Grace, whenever I would hear the name, I would hear the word, I would see it written down, I would hear it in a song, my ears perked up and it, brought, it got my attention and I would answer to that because it was a name that I began to identify with, this idea that, oh, I'm Hannah, I'm full of grace, that's who I am. And so Brantley and I, we tried to carry that same idea along with our kids. The meanings of our names, kids, are very important to us. And, um, and so we have, you know, the three kids that you guys know. And many of you know our story. You know that we've had um, two miscarriages before we had Gabriel. And I want to pause here for just a second. And I want to say that to any woman that is here that has had a miscarriage, happy Mother's Day to you. Because you are a mom. And... You are no less a mom than any woman here that has 10 kids running around here. And I hope that you feel celebrated. I hope you know that we honor you as a mom. We acknowledge you as a mom. And so part of the way that Brantley and I decided that um, we were going to grieve the loss of these babies is that we wanted to name them. And so we did. And their names were important to us as well. And so we have Levi, and his name means um, joined to God because he was joined to God before we were able to meet him. And we have Hallel, and her name means praise or praise to God. It's Hebrew and where we get the word hallelujah from. And then we have Gabriel, strength of God, grace JL, grace of God, and Malachi, messenger of God. And so we speak to our kids, and, and we want them to know the meanings of their names. So we didn't just pick these names because we liked them but because of the meaning of them. And we want them to begin to identify with those names. And so we'll say things like, you are a strong man of God. I realize that you're only a nine-year-old little boy, but you are a strong man of God, and God's gonna use you in mighty ways. We talk about the grace and share examples of the grace that God has given to us as a family, and then practical ways of how we can extend grace to other people. And, and we'll say, you know, you are a messenger of God, and yes, we have the message of Jesus Christ, but there's a specific message that he wants you to deliver to somebody, and it may be on, you know, at the playground or at the baseball field, or as you get older, he may send you all the way across the street to your neighbor's house to deliver a message or across the world to you know, a remote village in, in Ecuador or Bangladesh, wherever he may call you to go. But we want our kids to know these names and why we chose them. 
So now not all of these names, not all names that were called have the same effect on us. These names that I shared are what I would call life-giving names. They're names that are encouraging, they're edifying, they point us to who we are in Christ. But Proverbs 18.21 says, says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And isn't that where names come from? They're spoken from the tip of our tongue. So we could say that the names that we are called bring life or death. The names that we call others bring life or death. The names that we call ourselves bring life or they bring death. So, you know, whenever I was little, I went to a friend's house, and um, we, she lived at the other end of the block from me. I'm also from Ohio. I'm going to shout out to the extra Ohioans over there. Um, you know, so we lived on blocks. You know, you, you make three t- right turns, and you end up where you started. You do that down here, you're going to end up in Alabama. Like, I still don't understand the road system down here. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but the, my friend, she lived at the other end of the block from me. And it was just a great family. I had lots of fun. Most of my snow days were spent there. But it was very loud. They were just a very loud family, and I was a pretty quiet child. And so I'm sure that at some point I was over in the corner trying to create some, like, calm, peaceful, you know, quiet atmosphere. And she calls me mouse child. The mom does. Not the worst thing I've ever been called. In fact, I've been called (laughs) worse than that. But she calls me mouse child. And it was over several years of hearing this name of you are mouse child or being introduced as, oh, this is Hannah, and we call her mouse child because she's so quiet. She doesn't say anything. She keeps to herself. She's so good. She's so sweet. I wish my kids would be like her because she's just so quiet and she doesn't say anything. And so I begin hearing this over and over again, and I think that you can see how easy it would be to begin to answer to that name. Just like whenever I was born, I didn't immediately answer to the name Hannah. It took time for my mom and my dad and Melinda, Marcy, Jeremy, and Joel all saying my name over and over again. And they'd say, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah Lene, come here today. You know, and I heard this over and over again. And so that's how it was with this name. And so because I believed that I was silent, that I had nothing to say, that I couldn't speak, well, then I start to believe that I'm invisible. And then whenever I'm acknowledged, well, now I'm just this afterthought. And so do you see how these names have compounded one on top of the other? And so then as I get older, and then I'm like, hey, I've got the courage, and I'm going to say something, because you have to understand, I'm a world-class champion daydreamer. (laughs) So I've got dreams and visions and ideas and creativity and possibilities all wrapped up inside of here. And so I'm going to share that with the world. But the enemy comes along, and he's like, You aren't really going to say that, right? Because they're going to think that you're stupid. You know, if you say that, they're probably going to reject your idea. And if they reject your idea, well, I mean, it's no different than them rejecting you. And so even before I could say anything, I already am answering to the name of rejected. So there might be names that you have answered to, and you don't even realize the effect that they have had on you and the, the decisions that you make and what you think of yourself because of these names that you answer to. So we're going to take a look in Scripture at a couple of people and some different scenarios of times that people have some very significant name changes. So we're going to look at Matthew. Matthew 4, 18. It says, Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. 
So you have Peter, who was a fisherman at the time. But before Peter was a fisherman, Peter was in school hoping to become a disciple to then one day become a rabbi. But at some point in Peter's educational career, he was told, this is the end. You need to take up your trade and go learn that because that's your destiny. That's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You don't have what it takes to become a disciple. Or maybe you failed school. You don't get to move on. And I think we can all identify and relate to Peter in some way because we've all been told at, told at one point or one time or another that you don't make the team, you didn't get the job, you don't get the sale, you don't get the promotion. We've all been told at some point you're not good enough to be accepted into this thing. But Jesus comes along and Jesus speaks life into Peter in a few simple words. And he says, come and follow me. I know that over here you were told that you're not good enough, that you were rejected in a sense from being able to continue your education. I know that you feel like a failure, but I am telling you, come and follow me. And in saying, come and follow me, he's saying, I'm going to call you my disciple. And he speaks life and he gives Peter a new name. And in Matthew chapter 16, we can see another instance where Jesus speaks life to Peter because Peter walked very closely with Jesus. He was there for a lot of the ministry. And, and Jesus continued to speak life and to, and to correct Peter and, and to affirm him. And that's what we're going to see here in Matthew 16. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So again, we see that, that Jesus is speaking to, speaking to Simon at this point, and he says, I'm going to call you Peter. And now there's different interpretations of this scripture, but one interpretation is that Jesus is saying, I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock, and on this rock, I will build my church. But the point here is that Jesus is affirming Peter. He's affirming who he is. He's a rock. He's solid. He's sturdy. You know, that, that solid foundation isn't going to crumble easily. That's who you are, Peter. And he speaks life to Peter. And that's got to change Peter. That's got to do something to him. That's got to be something that Peter remembers as he continues on in his ministry. These things that Jesus spoke over him. Turn with me to 1 Samuel. All right, so now we're going to have a little bit of story time here. But you cannot be like my husband. Because he loves story time in my house. He's like, oh yeah, story time. And he gets all excited and all cozy on the couch. And then he falls asleep every time. <laughs> so no falling asleep on me. You got to stay awake. So here we go. All right, so now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have selected a king for myself among his sons. 
But Samuel said, Well, how can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? He said, In peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shema pass by. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Are these all your children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. And then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Now he sent and brought him in. And now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. So we can see in this story that David um, is, is the shepherd. And you know, whenever this prophet of God comes to the house of Jesse, where's David in all of this? David's left out in the field with the sheep, singing songs to himself. <laughs> they leave him out there. You know, and David is just referred to as, as the shepherd. And that may not seem like such a negative thing, because whenever we think of shepherd, you know, we think of Jesus as the good shepherd, and he takes care of his flock, or, or a pastor, you know, they're referred to as a shepherd. You know, we love to sing songs about how he left the 99, right? That's some of our favorites. But in David's time, being a shepherd was not a job of honor. It was not a position of respect. It was not a, a title that you sought after. You were not thought of very highly as a shepherd. And that's what he was referred to. And so he's brought in. And David has to know that something important is going on. He has to know that, you know, okay, all of my brothers are here. My father's here. There's this prophet of God here. Something has to be going on. And I know, because whenever I was the youngest and I walked into a family meeting, you thought one of two things. You're like, why did you not include me? Why was I not a part of this meeting? Or more times than not, you thought, thank you, Lord, I'm the baby of the family, and I missed out on all of that. But David had to know that there was something going on. And Jesse forgot about his son and left him out here in the field. That's how little he thought of his son knowing that this prophet was coming to anoint one of your sons as king, and you think so little of your son David that you leave him out there. You don't even give him a chance. You don't think that he has what it takes to be a king. He's not king material. And I'm sure that there's someone in this room that can relate to David here because your father forgot about you. Your father didn't think that you were good enough. Your father didn't think that you had what it takes to accomplish great things. Or perhaps 
It's that your dreams, your ambitions, that your goals were different from his. And so because they were different from his, he ignored you. He rejected you. You were useless to him. And so these are the names that you began to answer to. But if that's you, I want to tell you, keep listening to the story. Because your name is not forgotten. Your name is not useless. Your name is not rejected. That is not the name that God has for you. Because then, Sam, or then, then Samuel, this prophet of God, not just someone that, that walks in the prophetic, a real prophet of God. You know, Joel prophesied that my, my pour, or pour out my spirit, that God will pour out his spirit on all mankind. My sons and daughters will prophesy. That hasn't happened yet. That happens on the day of Pentecost. We're still way back here in the Old Testament where you either were a prophet or not. <laughs> and so you've got Samuel, this man of God, this prophet of God, and he comes up to David and he anoints him with this oil and he speaks life into him. And whereas everyone else just referred to him as this, this shepherd that didn't really amount to anything, Samuel calls him a king. Now, you, we may not have Jesus here in the flesh calling us a disciple or affirming us or an Old Testament prophet anointing us and calling us kings, but we have God's word. And in his word, it tells us everything that he calls us all the things that he has named us. That's, that's what we need to be looking for. First Peter 2, he calls you a chosen people. He calls you a royal priesthood. That is your name. A royal priesthood. We need to stop answering to the name of lowly shepherd and start answering to the name of royal king because that's who we are. That's our name. So there may be names that you have answered to like broken and burden, a mistake, useless, failure, disgusting, rejected, insecure, fake. But we need to bring those names to death on the cross. Because as, as whenever we were saved and we were born again, we became a new creation and we were given a new name. We no longer have to answer to these names over here. So we need to bring these to death on the cross. We can't just bury them alive. We can't just put them in a, in a spiritual junk drawer, so to speak, right? We all have a junk drawer or maybe a closet or a room or a basement, <laughs> right? We all have some place that we put our stuff that we don't want to deal with. And so we just keep shoving it in there and saying, well, I'm just not going to deal with this. But it's still there. It's not like we took care of it. It's not like it was destroyed and put away. No, we just put it over here and just keep tucking it in, hoping that it will go away. But it doesn't until we do something about that. And so we have to unbury those names and we have to bring them to death and destroy them once and for all. And I did this eight weeks ago. With these names that I answered to as a child, or these names that, that maybe I didn't realize that I still answered to, and I just shoved them away and put them in this junk drawer, names like silence, has nothing to say, doesn't speak up, is quiet. And so I repented, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry for answering to these names that you have never called me. These are not the names that you call me. 
And so I repented, and then I asked for his forgiveness. And after asking for his forgiveness, I received his forgiveness. That's such an important step. Because whenever my kids ask me for something and then I give it to them, if they don't take it, well, it's not really any good to them. And so I received his forgiveness. And so because I removed something out of my life, because I denounced these names that I once answered to, because I came out of agreement with these names, well, now there's this hole here, there's this void. And so in its place, I have to replace it with the truth and the names that God calls me. So I began to do that. And I began speaking these names over myself, these names like, I am a speaker. I have words to say. I have a message to deliver. And four weeks later, (laughs) Pastor Ross calls me, and he says, would you like to preach on Mother's Day? (laughs) And after everything that I had been through, everything inside of me went, oh, (laughs) why? (laughs) And he said, because I believe that God's going to give you a word to speak over our house. And can I give you an example of what this can look like, not only for you personally, but how it can affect your family and for generations to come? Because my mom also did this many, many years ago. Because the name that my mom's family used to answer to were addicts and alcoholics. But my mom placed the cross of Jesus in between those generations before her and herself, and she brought that name to death on the cross and said, I realize that that's the name that we used to answer to, but that is not our name anymore. And she said, as for me and my house, we will no longer answer to that name. And can I tell you, my mom is not an alcoholic, nor did she marry an alcoholic. Their five children are not alcoholics. And of those that are married, none of their spouses are alcoholics. And I will continue to speak that and to declare that over the generations to come, that that is not our name. The father of lies is over here, and he's going to tell you all the things that you aren't. And he's going to remind you of the names that you used to answer to, those names that you have stuffed away. And he's going to call you things like broken, sick, slave, hated, a burden, mistake, failure, victim, insecure. These are the names that he's going to call you. But the father of life, our father in heaven, he calls you by a different name. And he calls you child. And I mean, we could just stop right there and go home. (laughs) He calls you child. And if anybody in here, if you are feeling abandoned or you are feeling orphaned, You need to know that Romans 8, 15 says the spirit of adoption will come upon you. You will cry out, Abba, Father, for you are sons and daughters. That's your name. John 15, 15, he calls you friend. Ephesians 2, 10, he calls you a masterpiece, a workmanship. Deuteronomy 7, 6, he calls you treasured. Ephesians 2, 1, Ephesians 2, 7 and 8, he calls you redeemed. Song of Solomon, he calls you beloved. Jeremiah 29, 11, he calls you purposed and planned. Psalm 139, 14, he calls you fearfully and wonderfully made. Those are your names. That's the name that you need to be answering to.
And if you have answered to names other than the names that God has called you, I want to encourage you to repent, to ask for that forgiveness, receive forgiveness, and to replace it with the truth of what he does call you. You know, we get so worried and concerned about trying to figure out what it is that God is calling us to do, and we need to start walking in what God calls us. Because could you imagine what would happen if we only answered to the names that God calls us? If we began to walk as true and truly believe and answer to the name of redeemed, answer to the name of loved, answer to the name of child, of God, of friend, of, of confident, of bold, of protected, shielded. I could go on and on with all the names that God calls us. Everything changes whenever we do that. Everything. It doesn't just affect you personally. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your household. It will affect the Boy Scout troop and the softball team. It affects everything and everybody around you whenever you start answering to those names that God has called you. You have that spiritual authority to break off those names and to change your name. You have that authority. You have the spiritual authority over your children to speak to them and tell them what their name is. You have the, the right and the responsibility to tell your children who they are, that your children know, okay, mommy and daddy gave you this name, but these are the names that God calls you. You are loved. You are chosen. You were planned. And I said this in the last service, and I'm going to say it in this one too. Be careful with that one. Be careful if your kids hear that they weren't planned. People will ask, was this pregnancy planned? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Because it doesn't matter because God planned them. God planned them. And I know this because I technically was not planned. Youngest of five. I was not planned. But the moment that I found out no, we were not planning you. My mom spoke life into that moment. And I heard, no, you were not planned, but God planned you. God has a purpose for you. God needed you to be here. That's what I heard. So be careful with that one. Make sure that your kids know who they are in Christ. And if you don't know who you are, it's all right here. And I realize that this is a big book and it can be a little daunting to go through and try to figure out what does he call me? Who am I? You know, we sing, listen, listen to songs that we sing on Sunday mornings. And there's many songs that we sing declaring who we are in Christ. Start with those. And the band is gonna lead us in this song and, and I want us all to sing this and let this be a declaration of who we are and the names that he calls us and begin speaking these names over yourself. Know that you are welcome. Those of you that feel like you are uninvited, that, that you are not wanted, know that you are welcome into his presence. Know that you are chosen. Know that you are a child of God and know that you are his. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, and I'm so grateful that I get to call you that, that I get to cry out, Abba, Father, that you call me your daughter. How sweet that name is, that you call me daughter. 
Lord, I thank you for your word that it has everything that we need to know about what you think about us, that we don't ever have to guess. We don't ever have to wonder what you think about us because it's all right here. Be with my friends today. And Lord, I just ask that if anybody is willing, that you would reveal to them a memory of a name that they were called. Maybe they don't even realize that they answered to this name. But would you bring that to the forefront of their mind and show them where they first responded and answered to that name so that way they can destroy that name and bring it to death on the cross and experience freedom and begin answering to the names that you have called them. Bless my friends today in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www dot momentumchurch dot tv